All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. afternoon everybody i well welcome to dropping the glove i'm tongue-tied because i'm looking at timmy's got a fresh white shirt on I'm like look at that shirt it's a pretty nice tea tim very nice but thanks for joining us everybody we appreciate the support nice wednesday here last day second last day of february thanks to the leap year but uh, it's gonna be a good one tim you know why it's gonna be good i am on fire right now i am getting interview requests i am trending I am all over everywhere. I did an interview with the Wall Street Journal. Ever heard of it? It's a, not a hockey magazine. It's like a pretty famous one. Just got off the horn with Pierre Maguire. Did his podcast. Talked to my arch nemesis, Greg Wyshynski, Puck Daddy from ESPN. I'm talking to someone tomorrow in Edmonton. I'm on fire. I'm turning down interviews left and right. All because of Matt Rempe. Appreciate saying his name correctly, putting some respect on that name. Very nice. Very nice. But before we get into all that and start patting myself on the back, I want to just say you have one day left, one day left to win some money from Give Better. That's it. Then it's done. And you blew it. You blew the opportunity to get yourself some free Do-Re-Mi from Give Better. Go to givebetter.app slash DTG. That's it. I've said it enough. I've beat this horse. It's dead. It's done. We're turning into glue in a couple of days. You have till February 29th to make your last pick. Then the then the free ride's over. So go to givebetter.app slash DTG. The Blues Oilers game is on tonight. I advise you to go over on everything. The Blues cannot keep the puck out of their net. And the Oilers are pretty good at putting the puck in the net. If you've watched them lately. They light up every single team. So go pick all the Oilers players and swipe up over, over, over. These guys are playing fantastic. Or don't go under. What do I care? Go and win yourself some money. It's a fantastic opportunity. Go to givebetter.app slash DTG. If you don't, you're you're basically just dead to me. Is that too aggressive? I encourage you to do that. All right, Tim, moving on. Rempy. Should we put a bow on this kid finally, or should we should we talk about him a lot more? Because it seems like when we talk about him, we get a lot of a lot of positive feedback. He hasn't played in a couple of days, though. Yeah, no, you weren't kidding about uh, just the attention right now. Because obviously, like you're getting the interviews and stuff, but I'm getting my email inbox because people go to the website and they go to reach out, and it's my email that's attached to it. So it's getting like 
like you said, the Wall Street Journal. And he was like, he wanted to interview me because he thought I ran hockey fights, which I don't. But maybe if he wants to interview me about my book or something and put that on the cover, that would also be okay. I'd be that could be that. fine with you. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd allow that. But it's a lot of fun. It's cool. It's, it's exciting. And uh, and then the torch story as well, which was which was pretty funny that you, that you tweeted out. So uh, a lot of fun. But Matt Rampey now is he's, you know, I just listened to your interview on Pierre Maguire earlier because they, they live streamed it. And it sounds like your, has your tone changed a little bit about, you know, him being a little bit more selective and careful in how he approaches the fights or what? Well, I, I, I still think he should fight quite a bit, but uh, I think he should not just fight sure first shift every game. I feel like he has, you know, established himself as a fighter in this league. I feel like even the fight versus Olivier maybe was a mistake. He should have just maybe eased into the game a little bit because Olivier was obviously chomping at the bit to get after him. He was scouting him. He knew what he was going to do and he succeeded and he beat him up. So, you know, maybe pick your spots. I, I think he is owed a conversation by Laviolette or Jacob Trubo, someone on his team or in his organization to pull him aside and say, we know you're tough. You're going to be on this team. Your, your spot is not in jeopardy if you don't fight because as a young kid, that's what you think. You think if I don't fight, they're going to see that I'm scared, and they're going to send me down to the minors. That's all you're thinking about. You're trying to stay in the NHL. You're going to do whatever you can to stay in the NHL. He needs someone to talk to him, to save him from himself, because right now he's his own worst enemy. He's going to go out there and fight anybody. He's going to take on anybody because he thinks that he has to do this to stay into the lineup, and that might be the case. But I think he's had a couple of good fights under his belt. He's got two points in five games. He's a valuable piece of this team so far. I think Laviolette blew it by not telling him not to fight versus Olivia in the first shift. That was the day after the Delorier fight. He's on a high. His knuckles are probably banged up. His face is a little raw. He should have did him a favor and said, you don't have to fight tonight, especially not in the first shift, because Olivier is probably all jacked up on Mountain Dew, and he wants to fight him in the first shift, and he's like ready to go, salivating. Rempy, and I, I talked to guys about this. George LaRock is a prime example. Guys would get geared up to fight him, and they would get all excited, and they would want to get it out of the get it out of the way in the first shift. And George said it on the show, and I've talked to him many times about this. He says, "I would never, I would never be the guy who said yes. I was always the guy who asked. It was always on my terms. So if a guy came up to me and said, "We're going, we're going, we're going," I would say no, and then I would wait, and I would pick my spot when I was ready. And so I think Rempy could have done that. Olivier wanted to go first shift. If Rempy would have said no, catch you in a second, or I'll let you know when we're going to fight, it's on my terms. I think he would have done better after that fact. It would have thrown Olivier off, and then you have him just thinking, oh, when are we going to fight? When are we going to fight? So there, there's a lot of chess games going on there that, that should have happened. But anyways, I, I reached out to him on Instagram. said, hey, kid, how's it going? Had a nice conversation. Kind of gave him a tip. He was very receptive of my, uh, you know, grabbing on by the collar, protecting yourself a little bit. And we had, we had some other stuff. We said, I'll keep it between me and him. You know what I mean? I, I like to keep my DMs to myself, Tim. I don't tell you. I don't tell anybody else. Those are mine. My personal private conversations. Thank you very much. No, that's exciting, though, because people were, were wondering if you guys were going to talk. And everyone's saying, well, they should. the Rangers should fly you in and bring you in. And that's they should. Happen, which they, they should. should. Right? If but they were smart, Glenn Sather should fly me out for a couple days. And just let me work with the kid after practice. We don't have to do it in front of the cameras. You know, we'll clear the practice rink there in um, White Plains. And I'll just work with them for half an hour for a couple of days. It'll do a world of difference. 
but they won't scared i think it would be great though it would improve his fighting um capability i guarantee i guarantee it well not just guarantee fighting but it's specifically like protecting himself because he because the offense of the fighting he's got down he throws haymakers yes it's 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 protecting himself the last thing i want to ask before we move on from rempy is saturday they play the lease and everyone's saying reeves is going to ask him to fight so the questions do you think reeves will ask him? do you think rempy says yes i don't think reeves will ask him no did he did he ask lucic no, I I don't know. Well, they didn't play this year, I don't think. But but they have played in years past, and I, I don't yeah. think he'll – no offense to Ryan Reeves. Love the guy. He is very aware of his position on the Leafs in the NHL. He has this aura about him, and he's not about to get beat up by a young kid and lose that aura. So he's going to pick his spots. He's, he's not going to put himself at a disadvantage. If he catches Rempe on a, on, you know, a late shift or the Leafs are losing, he has to do it, but – I don't see this being a first shift fight. I don't think Ryan's going to do that. So I, th- I think it's going to be a lot of buildup and there's nothing that's going to happen. That's what I think will happen. Aren't you glad? I mean, I know the all-star thing ended your career a little bit, maybe earlier than you would have wanted to, or sent you down to the AHL. But one good thing is that you went out on top. Like what if you had tried to stay a year or two longer than you maybe should have? And and then people are talking about you in a way of like waste of cap space and get him off the team, et cetera, where you got to be valuable for your whole career without having to like stay, you know, that extra if, year. If a team would have offered me a one way deal, I would have stayed a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Tim, I turned down a deal to play for the Kunlun Dragons in the KHL. A very <laughs> you know substantial very substan and that's not nothing. It was a very substantial deal. It would have made me more money than I made in the NHL in all my years combined. It was a lot of money. And I almost I almost took it. The head coach was uh, Mike Keenan. Uh, I got scouted, scouted by, I can't remember his name, Scott something. But uh, my, my dear wife, love of my life, she said, not a chance. If you're going to go, you're going to go on your own. And I said, well, all right. You know, they have, they have, FaceTime and stuff. The kids will love it. Email. Yeah. Yeah. And so then she said, no, I was testing you and you failed and you're not allowed to go. <laughs> and so I didn't go. But yeah, it was a lot. It was, it was a lot of money. And I, uh, do I regret it? Every single day. <laughs> <laughs> One year would change the rest of your life. But whatever. Do you think I'd be living in this shack if I had nine, nine schmell in my bank account? Not a chance. But no, it's funny. All right, moving on. Speaking of um, speaking of big jerks, <laughs> Nick Cousins rears his ugly head um, a couple days off of getting his face beat in by Anthony Mantha that everybody applauded because he's just scum of the earth, Nick Cousins. He was back to up, up to his no good. People are talking about him again, playing the Buffalo Sabres, a scrum in front of the net. Um, Greenway takes a swing at him, misses. Nick Cousins dives like he's been shot. You know, Lee Harvey Oswald from behind the bushes takes him down. Maybe not a good reference. Poor JFK Jr. got his face exploded. But um, what I say? Junior. Is he not a junior? Moving on. His son was a junior. John John. He died in a plane crash. That's right. It's Kennedy's tough break. And then what's wrong with Robert Kennedy's voice? It's a medical condition. Is it? yeah, some disease or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's 
smart guy, but it's just hard to listen to him. Anyways, Nick Cousin, he just goes down. He tries to draw a penalty, doesn't draw a penalty, and then jumps up and engages in the scrum. I don't know. What else do you want to talk about? The guy's a rat. Like, there, there's really nothing more to say on this situation. If, if, it were, if there was ever any doubt that this guy's a rat, this is it. Like, signed, sealed, and delivered, this guy's the biggest rat in the game. I don't know. That's yeah. That that particular clip, like it's almost worse than the stuff he does that's dirty. Like this is somehow like scummier to me. You know what I mean? Just like faking <laughs> it's like soccer. You know, it's like the faking yeah. the injuries when there's there's egregious like European leagues and it's just it, it feels gross to watch. And that's just sort of what it was like. And there's no victims of this. Like this is a victimless crime, other than the worst thing that could have happened was that he drew a penalty and that would have been a cheap one, but like not, any, not like anyone's getting hurt, but just something about it just makes me feel gross watching it. So as and then he pops right back up as soon as he realizes he's not getting the call and joins the fight. So typical, typical, but at least he has seven points this year or eight. Now I think he had one last night, but whatever. Yeah. Like it's just, this is where you just don't want the instigator. You know what I mean? Cause Jordan Greenway could have grabbed him and just worked him, And everybody loved it. But you, instigator now, it's a 2-1 game. You can't put your team behind. So it is. It's part for the course for Florida. They have evolved into just the most hated team in the NHL. They had Gudis. They got rid of him. They have Nick Cousins now. Everybody hates him. Nobody likes Kachuk. It's just they are resoundingly the most hated team in the NHL. Who would be close to this team? On the ice. Everybody hates Toronto for different reasons. But Boston on the too. ice. Yeah. They just have a, um, they have a lot of just guys. Yeah, off the top of my head, I don't know, Philly, but no, it's it's these guys. You're probably right. It's these guys, they're the absolute worst. You are the worst. All right, moving on. Elias Pettersson, Vancouver Canucks. Fabulous season they're having. He is um, having a career year. I mean, he's already well above his you know career average pace. He'll probably finish with 110, Tim, maybe 120 points if he, if trends continue to go the way they're going. Vancouver doesn't seem to be slowing down. It's going to be um is he UFA or an RFA after the season? I believe he's a UFA. I'll double check while you talk. If he's a UFA, this is a big deal. They've been having contract negotiations throughout the season. They had him last he's year. They've been trying to RFA. get this guy locked up. He's an RFA. So they have he a little bit of leverage of Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. They're not getting any indication from Pedersen that he wants to be here long term, according to Rick Dilawali, De- um, a TSN guy from Vancouver area. And he's saying there's frustration growing within Vancouver with the management, the coaching staff everywhere. They're like, why isn't this guy signing the contract? Why isn't he even countering and saying, I want more money? It's just kind of nothing going on in the Pedersen camp. So what is happening in Vancouver? Is there is there any chance, Tim, that they're going to deal this guy? No. No, but it is really interesting that he's not engaging in conversation because it's not like he's saying, no, I'm going to test the market. No, I don't want to sign. He's just not, he's basically not answering. He's not picking up the phone. He's not allowing his agents to engage. This is what Pierre Lebrun said, quote, Pedersen hasn't been willing to allow his agents to engage with Canucks management meaningfully in contract negotiations. And I think that's been a tough pill to swallow for the Canucks up top, meaning they want to get the deal done. They want to announce the good news, extend him long-term you know, eight, 10 years, whatever it's going to be. And Only he just eight. Want... He can't go 10. Okay. He doesn't want to do it. Um, and then, and Darren Dreger said on his show that I don't believe for a second that it's financial. So it's not about the money. There's something else going on in the water here. 
And my question for you, like, is this, how concerning is this? Cause it's not unusual for guys to say, listen, um, it's all my, it's my intention to sign or maybe they don't say anything, but they will say, you know what, let's talk about it in the summer. I don't want any distractions. I want to focus on just playing hockey and we'll talk about the renewals in July. That's not that uncommon, especially for an RFA who's going to be under control. So is it a case of that or do you think there's something else going on here? Well, this is the guy who said before he signed his last deal, the three-year bridge deal with Jim Benning, that I want to make sure I know where this team is headed before I sign. So he's obviously aware of, you know, his future and he, he doesn't want to be locked into a situation where, yeah, you're making a lot of money, but you're on a losing team and then you're and you're not happy. And so I, I kind of can't blame him for that. And he, he's taking his time. And I, I just watched um, The Office, The Art of the Deal with Steve Carell when he's like the negotiation tactics and he's like, you never speak first. And so yeah. him and Dar Darnell are in the, in the room and no one's saying anything. <laughs> and so maybe he's doing this. I don't, I don't speak first and he's just really laying into it and he's just making them feel uncomfortable because it is strange that you don't even just say, you know what, let's talk after the season or give him some indication that you're, you're willing to talk and you want to, you know, stay here long-term. I would be concerned. This is your franchise player. This is the guy you want to build around. This is the player who reportedly you've offered eight years, $12.5 million. It's almost $100 million you're offering this guy, and he's not even giving a response. That would make me second guess. That would make me concerned. Why doesn't he you know, sign it? So uh, I get where Pedersen's coming from. Where's this team going to be in five years? He's still a young kid. He's 25 years old. Is this team going to be good in five years when I'm 30, still in the prime of my career? JT Miller's locked up long-term. He's 30. He'll be 35. Elias Lindholm is 30. He's going to be 35 if we re-up him. Connor Garland's around. He'll be older. The team is going to be aging. Will it still be good? I don't know. So I think conversations will happen between him and the management and say, hey, Alvin, like, what, what are your plans moving forward? Are we still going to be contenders? You know, Are we still going to you know, compete, trade our first-rounders? go for it every single year because it's, it's a big decision. It's a big life decision, especially it doesn't, I don't get the sense he loves Vancouver. Do you? No. Right. No, there's nothing screaming saying, I love this town. Like he doesn't come out and say, I love playing here, man. The fan base is fantastic. Where you hear that from other players like Mark, Mark Andre Fleury just said it. He's not leaving Minnesota. He loves the fans. He wants to be a part of the chase to playoff hunt. Pedersen is in first place in the Pacific. They, he should be on cloud nine right now and he's not saying anything. So I don't think he likes it there. I really don't. So what, like, what's the likely scenario in your mind? Is he, is he waiting till the summer? Does he not want, like, what, where does this go in the next couple of months or does it go anywhere? Does it go to arbitration? That's the one avenue he could go and he's assured of a one-year contract. And then he, then he leaves town. He'll be UFA after that. Yeah. So now everyone's Maybe. talking about the trade speculation and Chicago's yeah. up at the top of the list, you know, obviously just for the, the cap space and the Bedard and all that. Um, Detroit's also up there, similar situation. Just they, they have availability for him and yeah. everyone's floating out all kinds of deals. Obviously Vancouver isn't going to deal him. They're at the top of the league right now. And you mentioned like those guys getting older, but you're still going to have like a pretty elite core for the next several years, not to mention Quinn Hughes. And so like yeah. Brock Besser, like all these, they're going to be good for the next three or five years, even if JT Miller and, and Garland, all these guys get older. So I, 
they're still going to be a good team. I can't imagine you're going to have a better situation than you have in Vancouver unless there's something specific about it that just doesn't work for you. Whether it's I just don't think he likes Vancouver. Or, yeah. That, that, that might it. be it. And, you know, he's been there for six years now. And if he doesn't like the town, he doesn't like the town. And so you, you can't change that. You know, you can buy the best condo, the best house, the best everything. And if you don't like the city itself, there's nothing you can do about it. So I, I don't know what the case is, but it, it is very strange that he just isn't like, if, Tim, here's an eight year deal for 90, $98 million, $100 million, I think it is. Like, what's 12 and a half times eight? I think it's 100. So it's just, yeah, that's, that's crazy to me. But how many like how many cities in the NHL or in the, in the world even like are are that much better than Vancouver to be a young millionaire? You know what I mean? Like it's I can't imagine what he wouldn't like about it. But I guess not him. Everybody has here, their yeah. preferences. Maybe he yeah. wants to go to Arizona. He likes the sun. Yeah. No, they wouldn't sign him because they would never never sign someone for that much money. But yeah, I don't ask for that money back for if he wants to invest in a new rink. Yeah, hey, right. You could could you uh, defer eighty uh, percent of that salary so we can build this rink? <laughs> Here's your check. Uh, can I borrow some money? By the way, yeah, just yeah. a just a clown show they're doing. But now I don't want to rip on Arizona. But um, I don't know. Over under. Let's he see. Signs. I think um, he signs. I think he stays. But does he finish his career there? No, no, because I don't think he's going to win a cup, and then he's going to want one when he's thirty. You know, He'll does find... he have a Canucks jersey on in three years? Yes. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? I think no. I think where there's smoke, there's fire. And there's obviously a reason why he hasn't signed already. Definitely not a good thing that he hasn't signed if you're a Canucks fan. you know He could go out and nail the rest of the season and win the heart. I don't think they can offer him more than 12 and a half. 12 and a half is a high number. Yeah. It's a big number. Like he, That's McDavid. Better than McDavid? Elias, are you better than Connor? Are you? No. No, you're not. No. So take who, 12 and a half. Who? Take it. I agree. And then again, there's the other factor. What What's happening with John Tavares right now? The Canadian tax thing. Justin Trudeau doing a fine job getting players to play in Canada. I don't want to do that. We got one guy who said, lay off the politics. I'm allowed to have an opinion, okay? You guys, I'm not a robot. I don't like Justin Trudeau. I don't like what he's done to my country. You can't sit there and tell me he's done a good job. Maybe you can. We just, we just I'm so allowed to say, he, yeah. I'm not gaining listeners by saying this, but I'm allowed to voice my opinion. I won't go into it. But anyways, get to the quick hits, Tim, before I go scorched earth. Yeah. Well, our listeners know the deal by now. For a limited time, you can get 25% off and free delivery with DoorDash. Use the promo code promo code NATION25, all caps. Promo cord. Did you see the Tim. clip last night of the Wells Fargo Center losing power? No. Philly? Yeah, in like half like half the arena, and they put out a statement, and they're looking into it. I don't, I don't know if they um how long. I don't think it ended up being out for very long, but yeah, like during the gameplay, all the lights shut off. Kind of crazy. Look up the clip after. Um, I've been a part of games like that where there's just there's no power. It's happened. Really? Someone in the there's a breaker. Yeah, I've seen it. You got to go flip the breaker, blow on it. Yeah, turn it back on. Uh, tough blow for the Kings. Adrian Kempe heading back to L.A. for a scheduled oh, no. MRI. Yeah, um, this is a weird time of year just because, you know, trade deadline's approaching and you you want clarity as soon as possible to figure out how long he's going to be out, the severity of the injury, and, and what that does to your roster if he's going to miss significant time. 
So hopefully they, you know, it's better now than next week, just because they've got the trade deadline in about ten days now. But hopefully he's healthy. Hmm. Hopefully he's not Here's my any- prediction. Hmm. I bet you he's going to be out maybe a month and a half. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. He'll probably be back middle of April. Hmm. Hmm. That's that's my prediction. And maybe maybe the LA Kings are in a good spot to maybe go out and add some players. Maybe they're going to kick some tires on some offensive guys. Because don't look now, Adrian Kempe makes five and a half, and you can maybe go out and get a Tarasenko or a Jake Gensel or something like that, and it would fit in nicely under the cap. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Adrian, don't you think you're out for a month and a half? I think I could be back in a week. You mean like a month and a half? Mm, maybe, maybe. <sighs> These guys are terrible. It's disgusting. You don't know. He, I'm sure he's really hurt. But... Oh, for sure. I saw him out last night in Venice Beach, okay? <laughs> I, saw, I was there. Yeah. Yeah. What else, Tim? Um, yeah, Nachushkin is back. He got cleared to resume practicing with the team. Obviously, he was out a few weeks back with the player assistance program, and he's back in Colorado. I don't think he's played in a game yet, but good for him to to be. That's why someone right has to trade for him in fantasy. I have him. Ah. Someone offered me a trade, so not I should cool. not accept the trade. Not if you want to win. Are you still? Are you still in it? I think I just waxed you last week. Who, which team are you? Friend of the show. That's you? <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, my team is so bad. I just got so no for broken, so I'll probably take it. You'll probably take it. I'll take anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. All right. Speaking um, of your Bruins, they lost again, Tim. Uh, but they're getting one point every game. So they're consistently losing an overtime or a shootout. There's something to be said for that, right? You're getting you're yeah. getting some points. Um, yeah, yeah. They they blew another lead, um, and they allowed another goal in the in the late in the third, tied it up with Charlie Coyle, but they lost in another shootout to the Kraken. And I don't stay up for these games. I go to bed at like nine thirty, nine o'clock. So I, I don't I don't catch these games. But I get the text in the morning from different people saying, "Why do the Bruins stink?" And Allmark do it. He threw the puck right up the middle. For a gift for a goal for the Kraken. And then they had a goal disallowed, I think, the Bruins. So they, there was a lot of bad yeah. bounces there. The Morgan Geeky thing, I think that should have been a goal. but whatever. It should have been a goal for sure. The Bruins should have won that game. But they didn't because they're not a clutch team. And they're going to be in the wild card soon. Oh, they're not in first place anymore. Florida has surpassed them. Here comes yeah. Toronto. And then here comes the Detroit Red Wings. And then here comes Tampa Bay Lightning. So just get ready. The Red it's Wings put up eight last night. Did you see that? They cannot stop scoring. Yeah. Did you see the three-on-one with Debrinket, Kane, and Larkin? I did not, but I can imagine it was good. Yeah, It was beautiful, beautiful. Debrinket ended up scoring on it. These guys are getting hot at the right time, and Kane's putting up over a point per game since he came on. It's just so good. I watched them firsthand the other day. I was in the rink. Yeah. They look pretty good. They look really good. With all the distractions, the bells and whistles, with the Kane thing and the Chelios, they played great. They're, They're a dangerous team. If they could just keep playing like this, I would not want to play them first round. Good team. All right, Tim. What else are we talking no. about? We'll just mention the Bruins. Jake DeBrusque spoke to the media today, said there's been no progress on a contract extension. So he kind of went on. So obviously two years ago, he signed. <sighs> let me finish before you decide. He finished. Uh, he signed a two-year bridge deal, and he played better last year, not playing as great this year. And this is one of the, the fluky things. Because I remember people being frustrated with, you know, similar player, not a similar player, but similar stats as a Michael Ryder. Where he's like he's a goal scorer, but he's not a he's not a forty goal scorer. When you score twenty to thirty, depending on the year, you're by definition gonna be streaky. 
you're going to have three goals in five games and then nothing for 10 games just because that's how, that's how the math is going to add up. So you're getting a little bit of that from DeBrusque, but he said that he's been, it's, he's been concerned about it or anxious about it. I forgot the word he used just because he went through this before and then he's not getting what he wants now. Um, it's possible that he's playing his final stretch of games in a, in a Bruins uniform. Hopefully, right? Like, has there ever been a player given everything and he doesn't produce up to those uh, opportunities? Tim, he has played with a superstar on his line his whole career. They've been begging him to produce. He's had Marchand, he's had Bergeron, he's had Pasternak, he's had Krejci, he's had Taylor Hall. He's had all of these guys, and he continues to just underwhelm year after year after year after year. Then he'll show flashes. Then he'll be a healthy scratch. Then the coach will call him out. Then he'll succeed, and then he'll just go in a tank and not score for 10 straight games. And he's complaining that he hasn't come to a a good number with the team? Oh, my gosh. I'm so tired of this guy. Go. As soon as he leaves Boston third line guy getting 12 goals a game that's your future jake so if you're sitting here complaining well, i want six million he makes four million this year in my opinion that's two million too much this guy's a two two and a half million dollar player for the amount of baggage that he brings the amount of the opera timmy's on the first line he gets to play with Postanuk ever and every single night and he's only got what 17 goals crazy nuts I yeah. would have at least 12 if I played with Boston, at least. I'm not even kidding. Not even kidding. He's on the first power play unit with McAvoy, with Pasta, with Marchant. First line minutes, first power play unit. Just talk about entitled brat. Oh, yeah. drives me bonkers. Get rid of him. One of, the, one of the most frustrating things about it was that you had this opportunity this year in particular because of Bergeron and Krejci being gone, in addition to all the other plays they added that that have that have moved on. And you saw Charlie Coyle just step up in a major way and have a fantastic season and, and surpass even Bergeron's pace last year points wise. And you saw other guys step up, including Zaka. And this could have been a Debrus could have cemented himself as like legit the rest of his career in Boston. Like he had the opportunity this year. Hasn't done it. And so I don't think it's for lack of effort. I don't think he's entitled. I just don't think he's I don't think he's that good. He's, he's a streaky 13 player. Goals. 13. He's, he's, he's a solid player. He's a middle six player. He, he He's probably, he's pretty good defensively too. Like he's a responsible player, but he's just not, he's not a first line talent. And he's probably, numbers have probably been a little bit inflated because of who he's played with. 100%. And so, yeah, I, I'm not frustrated with him in the sense of like, I think he's, I think he's giving it his all. He's just, he's just, He's at the peak of, of, of what his production level is going to be, given his talent. Let's pin this show, this comment. If he leaves Boston, mark my words, next year, February 28th. Good thing we weren't doing the show tomorrow. So there's not going to be February 28th. He will only have six goals. This is He's not going to have a better situation than this. Not a chance in the world. If he can't score you know, more than 13 playing with Pasta... What makes you think he's going to go somewhere else and be on the first line? That won't happen. He's going to be on the third line. Oh, we, I'm really upset we haven't come to you know terms on a deal. No crap. You're not. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The, the chutzpah of this guy. 
drives me bonkers. All right. Anything else, Tim? No. What is this your fourth, fifth interview of the day? It's been a, it's been a lot. Yeah. I, I need to go to sleep. I got to go have a rest. No, we're going to do another show on Friday. I'm dedicated to this. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate the support. Yeah, we'll catch you on Friday. Week's already over. Crazy. It'll be March 1st. Very fun. All right. Have a good one. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 